now return to America's number one soap opera, Steuben County. Steuben! Steuben! Get in here! Hello. Hello, sir. Did you make these hot dogs? Well, this is a hot dog stand. Um, I don't know where I'm going into, but I'm here. Listen, Steuben, I just want to let you know that even though I've been making hot dogs for 25 years, I've never tasted a hot dog so succulent and delicious as your hot dog. <laughs> Steuben, you're blushing. <laughs> What's wrong, Steuben? Thank Can't you. a man tell another man that he loves? Yes, a man can tell a man dog. that they love hot dogs, especially one's own hot dog. That's I too right. love my own hot dog. It is quite man succulent. Man. As <laughs> a succulent Chinese meal. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. That meme. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the indie film review. Thank you so much for joining us. That was a fun little skit, wasn't it? Oh my gosh! I don't even know what that means. So there was a scene in a film we watched called Steuben County where um, the main character, Eddie, is making hot dogs with that guy, Mr. Dodge, the older man. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And they have a weird exchange where he's telling him, like, yeah, you got to get real close to the hot dogs. You got to get the flame so that it's like it's almost burning your skin. And then they eat the hot dogs together. He's like, you made some really good hot dogs, Eddie. And he's like, are they good? Do you like my hot dogs? And he's like, yeah, those are great hot Dude, dogs. Dude, I'm not even going to lie. I completely forgot about that scene. And I just literally <laughs> improvised hot dogs by coincidence. It was the weirdest <laughs> scene. I mean, no, I take that back. There are many very strange scenes in this movie. This is a strange movie. This is a very strange movie. The Hot Dog Exchange. Is that a sequel to The Pineapple Express? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. The answer is yes. Dan, please tell everyone what this show is. Um, we take an independent film and we review it because not a lot of people do that. And here we are mm -hmm. for you. That's right. Um, we get a lot of submissions by directors and promoters and editors and even composers sometimes. We are here to service you with hot dogs. Mm. That's right. So uh, we are going to jump right into it. We only have one movie to cover this episode. Steuben County. It was submitted to us by Ember Studios. Thank you, Ember, for sending it to us. Not Ember as in Ember, but M-B-U-R. Ember. I just remembered I wanted to say something about Vex, a uh, previous episode we did. So I got an email from Dwayne. Super nice guy. He took our criticism really well. And Extremely I feel well. so bad. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> like, well. Really, he's such a good sport. What a nice guy he is. And he did send me an email. He's like, hey, uh, I think I accidentally sent you guys the wrong the, one. Uh, the, yeah, the wrong version, the version where we didn't finish mixing the audio. So that was the biggest issue we had. And he's telling us, hey, we had fixed it. There's you know. a completely different one. Yes. So when the film fully releases, you will get the good audio. So that's wonderful. That's great. I wish we would have gotten that version, but what can you do, you know? So I wanted to set the record straight, at least. The official film is going to be released on June 25th on a place called, a website called allvod.com. Thank you again, Dwayne. Keep making films. All right, Dan, what is Steuben County? Okay, so Steuben County is about a dude. Um, I don't have his name handy right now. What? Good start. What's his name? Eddie. It's about a dude named Eddie, and he has recently got into the trouble 
with the law because mm-hmm. his fiance slept with her boss over their vacation or their work trip. And he roughed his boss's mm-hmm. house up pretty severely, like destroyed property. And he so he says he gets kicked out of um, his girlfriend's house or his fiance's house. Now he has to live during the summer with his grandmother because he has nowhere else to go. And along the way, he spends time with his cousin and her friend and develops suspicion about an older teacher that lives in the community. So all of that sounds like, okay, I get what's going on in this movie. But then when you watch the film, you're like, what? (laughs) What is going on? This movie is very dreamlike and surreal i liked it because it refused to hold my hand mm-hmm. every yeah. once in a while it's good to have like you know your hand held to get you th- but no this film's like no nope, we're not gonna let you do that we're gonna hint at things and you can just figure it. it's like it's like playing fucking dark souls so dan questions let's do questions my first question to you is what was that weird implement they kept showing throughout the movie I don't like that scissor looking thing. I have no fucking idea what yeah. that was. Apparently he got it out of the, the boat. I, I don't know. I, I like, dude, there's so much. I want to talk about this so badly. Oh man. Um, <laughs> I, 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 my best guess is like a pair of like gigantic shears. I don't know. Yeah. At first I thought there were shears and then, then you find out they're kind of blunt on the ends and they curve inwards. So I'm like, is it a pair of giant forceps? Maybe. Because he was like using it on the motor, but I don't know if he that was what they were for or it was just some weird dream sequence. Everything could either be a dream or this guy hallucinate. Like You know, those things are only in the dream sequences. Okay. So I, I don't but know. Do you know when the dream sequences are, though? That's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't trust what I'm seeing. Well, it goes back and forth. So, Dan, okay, uh, ask me a question. Were you able to to construct a decent narrative in your head or were you kept in the dark the whole time? I don't think I truly understood what was going on in this film, but after I watched it, I did think about it for a long time and I tried to make up what I thought was going on. Like towards the end of the film, I was like, okay, maybe this is what's going on. So I, I made my own conclusions, which I guess that's what the film wants you to do right i mean the ending is so open-ended it's i it feels like there's a twist at the end but i didn't Mm -hmm. get what the twist was do you feel the same way i do i feel the exact same way i do this film left me with so many questions that we are going to address so the very last question i'm going to ask is going to be a segue into spoilers so ask me another question before we get into spoilers but that's Uh, how i'm going to get into spoilers so how did you feel about the like overall make of the film you mean how it's constructed the film was beautiful um the editing was great the the soundtrack oh my god soundtrack is amazing at times it became overbearing but i think it was done like that on purpose because Mm -hmm. like it's very much a um they pitch it to us in the email as a thriller but there's so much dreamlike portions of the film that it's not necessarily a gripping thriller. It's like you are thinking of the things that make it a thriller and what make it a thriller in terms of the movie is that, that soundtrack. It's like very uh, mysterious, very, very disturbing. Like I think, man, what a strange movie this is. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely agree. I like the music a lot. I will say, I think some of the, 
audio dialogue mix was a little low compared to the music and the music was getting loud, especially on my headphones. Cause there were certain scenes where people were talking and I wasn't sure if I was supposed to hear them or not. It could have been a stylistic choice, especially the climax of the film. There's a character saying some stuff. Oh no, I don't think you were supposed to hear them. I don't think you were supposed to hear them. Okay. Cause I, I, I remember those points too. Like if they aren't, then that's a weird choice, but um, I think it was supposed to be like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's kind of like a lost in translation type of a thing where you're like, yeah. mm, they're saying something. Okay, Dan, why don't you uh, throw me one more question and then uh, this will lead into spoilers. Okay, so here we go to spoilers. Jared, what the fuck happened on the boat? So, <laughs> all right, so we're going to spoil this movie, right? If you want to watch it, I don't know if it's out yet. I recommend it. Um, if you, it's making the festival circuits right now, yes. it's been accepted into quite a few different film festivals. It's, it's going to be worth your time once you've been able to check it out for sure. It's a strange movie. I thought it was pretty interesting though. So, okay. Spoilers. What was going on in that boat? Let's set up the boat. So, okay. Here's the characters we have, right? We got Eddie. He feels like he's a zombie. The only time we ever see him act like a normal human being is the very beginning of the film. When he's, like, dancing and having fun with his fiancé or whatever in that montage, mm -hmm. after that, he is just, like, glass-eyed, just kind of going, yes, no, to, like, everything, you know? He's, like, he's so suggestible, you could get him to do whatever you wanted, he would just do it. That, that's part of his charm in this film, in terms of, like, being kind of vacant, as you're describing, but his surroundings are what make him more vacant, because he is coming off of a relationship where he believes, I mean, it's not necessarily told to us, just, like, we are given the clues that his wife or his fiance um, has an affair with her boss, an, like, a 20-year-older boss. So he's coming off of that relationship that has been ruined by an older man. And the only relationships that he can develop in town are older men. Yeah. So, and one of the older men apparently married a student mm -hmm. who was of age, but he used to teach her whenever she was in high school. And that's fucked up. And Eddie's like, I don't like this. So that's kind of the, the mood of the film. I mean, not only older men, older women, his grandmother, to a lesser extent, and then also younger women, mm -hmm. meaning his cousin, and, Bridget, and, and, yeah. and then cousin's friend, Carly, who he kind of gets like a weird thing with, too. So there are many parallels between Eddie liking Carly, but not feeling ashamed of that and like the weird tension there. Mm -hmm. And then Carly having some kind of strange relationship with the older man, Mr. Dodge, who is the teacher who may or may not do a molest on that boat, which is what I'm getting at. Something happened on that boat. Here's the crazy thing. They keep building up that Carly is going to go on a boat trip with Mr. Dodge and Bridget seems jealous of that. There's even some lines where they're like, Bridget, I mean, it's so sad that you couldn't go on the boat trip with us, even though I, we know that she wants to go. So you're wondering, like, what's stopping her from going? Is Carly telling her not to go? Whatever, whatever. Like I said, the whole film is building up to this boat trip. But then when we cut to the boat trip, it shows Carly. And then when the camera turns, Eddie is on the boat with her. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, wait a minute. Is this the boat trip? And then their engine blows up. And then Mr. Dodge shows up on another boat. He comes over. He takes out the weird forceps. 
tries to fix the boat. Here's what I think happened. I think that because there's a scene where Eddie goes, Carly gets a job at the supermarket and Eddie goes to the supermarket just so he can say, hey, can you not go on this boat ride with Mr. Dodge? Because I think he's a creep. And then Carly's like, oh, you must be jealous. And then he runs away in shame, right? So I think what what happens is Eddie's like, I'll take you out on a boat. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think is going on in my uh, research. I think Eddie is Mr. Dodge. I think they're the same person. Really? It's hard to surmise if any of these characters are real besides his grandmother. That's an interesting theory. And I think maybe he's just totally lost his mind. I like that theory a lot, actually. <laughs> there is a scene where he is talking to his fiance in a flashback, and she brings up Mr. Dodge, and he's like, what? And it was probably one of the cooler moments in the movie. She, mm -hmm. She's like, what about Mr. Dodge? And he's like, huh? And I think, like, he's confusing his past with what's happening in the present. So, like, maybe Bridget's real? And I, I don't know. I don't think Carly is real. I think he makes up Carly because, like, Bridget's watching a film of her doing some, like, dance routine or whatever. Oh, and then she's like, oh, but my friend Carly's in there. Yeah. So I think he fucking invents Carly from that. Mm. I don't know. I'm really not sure what's going on. <laughs> the film is very strange. Like, why does Mr. Dodge invite Eddie to go drinking with him when he clearly doesn't want to hang out with him at all? You know, and then now that you say that, like, think of Mr. Dodge's mannerism. Like, that whole time, every single time that Mr. Dodge and Eddie are in the same place, mm -hmm. Mr. Dodge is, like, not happy to be there. Like, he's like, hey, let's let's hang out, but I'm going to look pissed off the entire time. Right? And then they talk about this whole thing of how Mr. Dodge killed his wife in a car accident, intentionally or unintentionally, you're not sure. And then we have these cuts of, sometimes he'll accidentally walk into a room that's like a fantasy in his head, of a woman who looks like she's OD'd or something on a bed. Mm -hmm. And they keep showing that. And you're like, is this his wife or is his fiance that has died? But then he's calling his fiance and being like, hey, what's up? So who is that woman in the bed? It's a good question. I never thought about that because <laughs> I thought it was his fiance and yeah. I, I didn't put two and two together that he's calling her because she is. Is this phone call real? Is he just having a phone conversation with no one? I don't know. It's very strange. <laughs> this movie. There is. This is this is a lot. This is a lot to take in. Did you notice the repetition in this movie? And did it did the repetition bother you is what I'll ask. No, whenever the repetition, if repetition is absurd or vague, then I don't mind it. But if it's like hitting me over the head, okay, then I'm like, because repetition allows you to take multiple passes at something. So we got to see the multiple passes of the girl in the bed with her veins, or we got to see the multiple passes of the fucking boat forceps or whatever the fuck they are. It just adds to the the strange atmosphere of the film, I think. And it, it, it's asking you to make sense of what they are not making sense. Stop making sense. Yes, stop making That's sense. That's what I say. Yes. Okay, so I will say that this film did lose my attention. I Probably around the 45-minute mark, it starts to kind of wane a bit. I was super into it the first half. But I feel like it it doesn't get to the really fun, interesting things. It, it really 
they're too far dispersed. Like, I wanted more insane stuff happening all the time. Yeah. When she says, what about Mr. Dodge in a flashback, to him, a character he shouldn't know about in a flashback, that was really cool. That was, like, such a small little thing. And I was like, whoa, that was nuts. But some of the, like, oh, no, like, the cool gags, they do recycle kind of over and over again, where it's like, they'll show, like, Mr. Dodge with the forceps in the bed, or... They'll show, you know, the lady ODing. Like, maybe show that one time, and then I will agree. I, I want to see more weird things that he comes across. I will know? agree with that, because after the um, the second supermarket incident, which we will talk about right now, I wanted to see more of it. So basically, there's a scene where Mr. Dodge is um, shopping in the supermarket, and it's a very strange way to shop looking above the aisles. But he's putting stuff in his basket. And he puts um, all of the stuff. He goes up to Carly, who's working the cash register, and he puts stuff onto the counter and she grabs it. And as she grabs it, like it's a top down view of him putting it on the counter and she grabbing it. And as he puts more and she grabs more, her hands become more bloody. And as her hands become more bloody, he squishes things like he squishes bananas and she grabs it with more blood on her hands. He squishes tomatoes and she grabs it with more blood on her hand. And that was a really interesting, strange scene. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. The scene was so good. It made me feel so uneasy mm -hmm. and nothing really that insane was happening it was just a man like crushing just through these visuals i was freaking out and then it cuts to her and there's blood all over her hands yes the music definitely aids in this because it's one of those weird like moments and then she's like trying to tell him like it's okay or something something about like everything's fine and she's wiping blood all over her face oh my god Best scene in the film. This is what I would consider to be the climax. Mm -hmm. Even though it's like, that was a really great scene. It's still, there's no like revelation or anything that I, that I can see from this movie. It looked like maybe Bridget was in the flashbacks. So, you know, the, in the, in the beginning when it would show anytime there was an interaction between Eddie and his fiance, where he's like, uh, how were you today? Or blah, blah, blah. They're, they're talking back and forth. That room that they're always in and she's like always constantly ignoring him like it's so obvious that she doesn't love him anymore mm -hmm. uh bridget was in that room i'm pretty sure really and I, I didn't notice that it was showing her doing things in that room and i'm like wait a minute where is this place what's going on <laughs> so this whole film is it's it's dreamlike but it also messes with like the space-time continuum in terms of what's in his head so i guess the whole movie we are in his head, and I think you're... I don't know if we can say that he is Mr. Dodge, but we can say that he's making Mr. Dodge up, which calls into question, why is Carly crying again at the end of the boat ride? Like, what the fuck happened on that boat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why, why, did the, why did Bridget do nothing about it? Because she was with them. Is Eddie a pedophile? Is Mr. Dodge a pedophile? Who knows? One more scene I want to talk about before we wrap up. Uh, another one of my scenes that I was just like, this scene is amazing. The scene where Mr. Dodge is having a drink with Eddie, right? Mm -hmm. They're both sitting there like, why are we here? We hate this. Then some dude shows up and he's like, hey, it's me, your friend, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he's not talking with them. They're not having a conversation. 
he is talking at them, just saying random crazy things, and they're just absorbing it. And there's something about like their the lighting and the music and everything going on. It was just like this is such a cool scene. And then they start shooting the scene out of order, where they're showing you them later on at that man's house having drinks mm-hmm. when they're still at the bar having a conversation. So it's like everything's blending together. <laughs> it was so cool how it all got like mishmashed up. And I feel like that's what this movie is. That's what it's trying to tell us that like. The past isn't really the past. We can't really trust that things are happening in sequential order. You really don't know what's going on in the timeline. Like, it all could be happening simultaneously. Well, then, at that point, like... uh, Like you were saying, too, the music definitely carries it. At that point, um, Mr... Or Mr. Eddie, uh, I almost said. um, uh, Mr. Dodge. Mr. Eddie. He becomes kind of a important figure in the film because he married a girl who was a previous student. And he... Um, apparently might have killed his wife. So think about those situations and saying the past is the past and the present is the present and let's mix those things up. So maybe Mr. Dodge is like a metaphor for just the the blending of past and present or what we take to be the importance of past. Like we put labels on things like no you even though she's of age you shouldn't date a student because you had a relationship with her as a teacher in the past Hmm. i I don't know something to think Hmm. about yeah i don't know i think mr dodge is like his internal feelings that he wants to bury for like younger women it like his creepy weird pedophile thoughts that he's having hmm that like the things he wants to do on his boat, you know, with women or whatever the fuck. Before we leave, I ha- I just have to say I have a hard time believing that he might be a weird pedophile because his trauma comes from his wife sleeping with an older man. Maybe he's just seeing that everywhere he goes. So he's yes, thinks that's, that that's exactly what I'm saying. He's going to white knight it and be like, all right, now every every older person is bad. Yeah, now. that's I how I interpreted it. the movie. So okay. it's like. Whenever he's hanging out with all those people that um, Dodge hangs out with. And the way that the guy talks about it so nonchalantly. It's like, yeah, he could have killed his wife. We don't know. Like, it's it's kind of like a good old boys club. And then Eddie's like, why am I being subjected to this? Like, these guys are going to rape my cousin, basically. Yeah. Oh, my God. One criticism I wanted to talk about, too, that I, I just remembered. So there's a scene where Eddie is talking to his wife about lotion or something. and it's. The shot is on him. It's like a medium close shot of him. It cuts to the present to like another medium close shot of Eddie. Mm-hmm. And I I thought that was a little, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but you could like maybe at least throw like a master shot in there to establish, okay, we're in a different room. This is the present now, then cut to him. It, it felt it just felt a little jarring to cut from the exact same shot with the exact same subject to the same guy, same subject, same shot. I don't know. It was a little weird. But other than that, I didn't find anything else really wrong with uh, the editing, like you were saying. It was very well done. What a weird, interesting movie. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Final Thoughts is... What a fucking weird movie. Watch it, make your own interpretations, but it, it, it is, it's, a, it's a fun... I mean, like Jared said, it lulls, but it, it's, it's a fun sit-through if you like these, you know, kind of strange, dreamlike films. As always, Final Thoughts... <laughs> With a weird film, I always say go weirder. Get weirder. Make it fucking weirder, man. Anytime it was weird, it was real good. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I gotta say.
Okay, so that's it. Thank you for listening, and we appreciate you. Dan, why don't you do them cred arts? You can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. You can email us at TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. And guess what? We made a Patreon. You can go to Patreon.com slash IndieFilmReview. We are Patreons. Anyway. Um, you can go there and you can support. There are three different tiers. You can have a $1 support, $3 support, or $5 support. But the $5 support is pretty much just for um, independent filmmakers to bump their film up on our list to a priority list where we will review the film faster. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, because I've, I just feel bad because the wait list is so long right now for filmmakers that I'm like, okay, if they want this option, they can use this to have their film reviewed much sooner than normal. But if they don't want to, they're like, whatever, just review it when you're going to review it. Then we're, we're going to review it. Um, I'm trying to keep everything else pretty free. I mean, if you support the Patreon, you're supporting us. But I don't want to, like, lock off any content from anyone, you know what I mean? So $1 is just, you support us, thank you, that's awesome, we really appreciate it. It helps us, like, pay for doing the show and hosting the show. And if we get anywhere above $100, which is probably never gonna happen, <laughs> that ever happens, though, then we can start putting that money towards, like, getting new microphones or getting better equipment or whatever we need well, to do. Well, I mean, we, we host the show for $100 every year. Yeah, so. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's why. So it, the like, show would pay for itself, yes. Yeah, pretty much. And then the three dollar tier, I believe it's like a shout out, and uh, there's some other there's some other good stuff. Oh, you can ask us questions too. So you can ask us questions through Patreon. We will answer them on the show. Mm. I don't even remember what I. <laughs> I think I, I think I remember. I think uh, the third Patreon tier, you get to throw a fucking pie in our face. All right, Jared, tell us about that Necropodicon. Necropodicon is the place that you should go to necropodicon.com that is necropodicon like necronomicon super awesome website super great podcasts that are there podcasting network that is and you should go there check it out if you go to the website you can click on the link to the discord and come hang out with us Woo -wee! uh there are also a lot of really cool patreon uh uh setups for those different podcasts so like if you if you guys like those a lot you can join their tiers uh, their rewards are a lot better than ours. <laughs> uh, you should definitely support local podcasts or 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 the smaller, you know, indie podcasts. You should do that because Joe Rogan's he's got a podcast. That's fine. He doesn't really need money. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, support the little guys. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> he's doing fine. He'll be fine. Um, but yeah, go ahead and check them out. They're all an awesome group of people. Really cool podcasts on there. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you, Dan. You have the final word. Is that perfume or is that lotion? Because if it's lotion, you better put it in the fucking basket. <laughs> or else it gets the hose again. Are you searching for a D&D podcast that tells a twisted and macabre tale, set in a world in a siege by cosmic horrors? One that will make you fear for what lurks in the darkness and question your own grasp on reality? To bear witness to a party struggle against their inner demons as they walk the thin line between hero and villain, while their sanity frays and falls apart at the seams.
keeping good humor and a joke on their lips as all they know and love crumbles away. The chanting of cults, the corruption of mortals, the nightmares of the cosmos and the whispering of dark gods all awaits you in Gunpowder, Treason, No Plots, a 5th edition D&D podcast. Be sure to listen on any of your favorite podcast providers. Part of the Necropodicon Network. Hard to pronounce, easy to listen.